It is 11 12 21. This is the Wrestling Inc. podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined by Alfred Kanawa. Tonight, the two man booth talking about SmackDown and Rampage. Rampage the go home before AEW full gear coming up tomorrow on pay per view. SmackDown, here we are a couple weeks out from Survivor Series. A lot going on tonight, a lot of changes after they announced the Survivor Series teams on social media. Yeah. I know, don't get too attached because tonight, Things got shaken up a little bit. Um, I want to hop into the shows. I want to talk about stuff. We got a lot to talk about. I think Issa was actually at Rampage tonight, wasn't she? She was, and I have it on good authority that she did not enjoy the show. <laughs> really? Yeah. I mean, it was a pretty predictable show. It was kind of like uh, not like, like WrestleMania just had that uh, WrestleMania on sale party where they had some matches and nothing really too consequential. And that's kind of what the show felt like. And I guess um, Issa was not. Uh, pleased with the, how they built toward full gear with this show. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm afraid sometimes to be too critical of AEW, and I get it, you know. I, I, I think AEW has a lot of promise. I don't think they've realized all that promise yet. There's a lot that I'm invested in. Really want Eddie Kingston to go over tomorrow night. I think that would be a phenomenal moment. Uh, you know, I'd love to see them do more with the women's division. But I have to say, tonight it kind of felt like, well, WWE has really had decades to master the go-home show. Yeah, And AEW watching that main event tonight, I was like, this, I know you had a countdown special, a recap afterwards coming up, but it was like, this is how you're going out to build enthusiasm. Yeah, that's absolutely right. In the same building that you're going to have full gear in. And you know, AEW is capable of doing good go-home shows. They just had one Wednesday night. I thought was a very good go-home show, especially the final angle they did with Hangman Adam Page and Kenny Omega signing it in blood. They did everything to set that up. And then it seemed like they kind of punted for this show. Like, this did very much feel like an on-sale party vibe. Like, they're just, hey, we're here for full gear. Let's just kick it off with some wrestling matches. They really don't mean much. So I'm very curious to see what the ratings going to come in tomorrow if the streets come through with that number for me. Uh, but uh, I don't know if they're going to do a good number at all because it's not it wasn't very like a star studded type lineup and nothing really happened on this show yeah i'm gonna say it was like shockingly low stakes low key episode not to say that there weren't good matches not to sure. say that there weren't good moments always enjoy some seeing somebody get a cake in the face yeah you know can't go wrong with that but Absolutely. uh you know if if they could find a way to have the wrestling match the excitement chris jericho has on commentary I think they'd be onto something. That that's a good point. And you know what? Tonight was good, Chris. I didn't have a, you know, we were talking about this a couple weeks ago about how it does get a little grating having too much Chris Jericho, but I felt like he was good tonight. And yeah. you know, this is one week that he was on, and I'm sure he'll be off the next few weeks. But I, I did like Jericho, and you mentioned the cake to the face. I thought it was very funny that he said, Is it a red velvet cake? Uh, because of red velvet was there. I thought it was a very witty line. <laughs> Missed opportunity. Missed opportunity on that. It was, it really was. Very strange. Uh, so we got some news to get into before we, we hop do have on into that. the wrestling. We were talking about that episode of AEW Dynamite, and that episode was up slightly in viewership to 912,000 viewers. Did 0.35 in the demo. This is up slightly from 878,000 uh, the week prior. But Dynamite's in a bit of a slump in terms of doing a million viewers. Uh, there was once upon a time, you know, when they had Brian Danis and CM Punk under the same roof, uh, it's the... All they did was a million viewership, but they have not done a million viewers since October 6th. Uh, was the last time they did a million, so it's been over a month now. And um, go home show for 
AEW Dynamite was uh, decent, but didn't have that much of a, a lineup, kind of like what we're criticizing tonight. Didn't have much advertised in terms of something that you had to see. Uh, so 912,000 viewers. We'll see what happens coming out of full gear. I expect them to do a much better number, especially if there's a title change that a lot of people, I think, expect with Hangman and Page uh, hopefully becoming the AEW World Champion. What do you think about this number, Glenn? I mean, they got to do something. And this is the thing. It's like in my criticism, let me state just to balance this out before anyone's like, oh, you're in the tank for WWE. WWE tonight had the worst promo segment I've seen of the year and probably will be the worst of this decade. Wow. Which one are you talking about? We'll, we'll talk oh, we'll about it when we get okay, to yeah, it. Okay, yeah, he's that stuff. <laughs> I, well, I mean, like, the, like, I would rather watch Bailey, This Is Your Life. <laughs> I'd rather watch Old Day. Remember Old Day? Oh, yeah, watch that again. Unfortunately, yeah. yes. Yeah, th- those looked like high art compared to what we saw tonight <laughs> on the show. Um, no, I think uh, they've got to do something to kind of keep the momentum. They can't have all their pops be when they're bringing in legends or former WWE guys. I think that they have been – how can I put this? They've been masterful in their overall putting together the pieces of a wrestling company – I do not know that they have yet mastered the art of must-see booking to keep people tuning in week to week. And I think when Hangman Page, they're telling a great long story, but perhaps, I mean, it's almost too long at this point, you know, to have it go on. I mean, the, granted, it hasn't been full steam this entire time, right? There have been times when he was there, times when he wasn't there. I get it. But yeah, I think that they've got to figure out sort of like what the right pace is for weekly television. And have they peaked? Have they hit their ceiling? Are their best days behind them are these their best days or are they going to be able to grow this that is a fair question to see uh, whether or not they have peaked in terms of viewership i'm sure there's going to be growth over the next few years or whatnot but in this vacuum that we're in right now they do seem to have hit a floor of around eight hundred and fifty thousand. if it's a wednesday dynamite and then a ceiling of just over a million uh, but i will say that you do bring up a good point in terms of them from week to week, maybe they don't have something crazy that's going to get a million viewers, but I'm actually okay with this. If the punishment for that is you're going to do around 900,000 viewers, sure. that's fine. Um, because long-term storytelling, I do think, especially for a company that still goes by the pay-per-view model, I think the long-term storytelling is going to be what helps sell these pay-per-views, what helps create yeah. interest in these characters over a long per- period of time. And uh, you know, I just talked to Buddy Matthews about this, and he really went into the fact that WWE – wants to capture the viewer's interest with week after week of something has to happen. And yeah. I don't think that always produces a good result. It sometimes sure. uh, produces like hotshot for the sake of having a good rate. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I, I don't know. And I'm curious, a lot of people, I mean, do you think Hangman Page, do you think his trajectory, like, we're, we're, you know, it's his time? Yeah, I actually do. I think they've done a good job on them. They did kind of, I mean, and this is something that was real life in terms of him having a child. So they did have to extend this a little bit. Uh, but I do think that they've done a good job building to where now I think there's a fever pitch for him to win this title. And it's something that's a lot easier said than done to get a baby face to a point where it's like, okay, now's his time to win the title. Sometimes it's too soon. Sometimes they wait too long. But I do think this is just right. We shall see. But I'm telling you, I'm much more invested in Eddie Kingston versus CM Punk. I feel like Eddie yes, Kingston. Yes, me too. I will say that. And look at that article that came out this week. I mean, this is a chance for AEW to do something WWE rarely does and is almost too foolish and set in their ways to do. I think they should capitalize on the real-life momentum and story and positivity and love that this guy has. It's not for a championship, but it's right. a big win, and it makes, makes CM Punk a lot more interesting to have him lose than to have him be the inevitable victor of every feud that he's in. 
really would. I'm very curious to see where they go with this uh, storyline. And because I can see universe where Eddie Kingston wins this match. Yeah, I think he absolutely should. Uh, Terry and Junior three dollars saying ten matches tomorrow. Concerns about the show's length. Supposedly it's going to be a four hour show plus the buy in, right? Man. Yeah, uh, they're going to want to be careful with that. I I think that you there's a lot of talented wrestlers on the show, so I think some of these show matches should be cut in terms of for times where I don't think all of them should be the 20 minutes that a lot of these matches probably deserve. Hopefully, we get some 10 minute matches here and there because you don't want to burn the crowd out because it can get to the point where, regardless of the star power or whatnot, if it's a four hour show, the crowd is going to take one or two of these matches off. And um, so hopefully they do a good job pacing them and, and spreading them out. But I do think 10 matches is a bit much for like a non-WrestleMania type pay-per-view. How is my audio? Jackson in the chat is saying it's a little low. Now I am using this Yeti mic, not my normal Heil yeah, sound. I can, here forward. I can hear you perfectly. I mean, okay. I guess in the chat, if you guys have a problem with it, but I think you sound like a golden man. It, well, you know, that's that's what that's what pay me, pay me the big bucks, the dulcet tones. <laughs> uh, you know, the moneymaker right here. Uh, no, I think... Uh, you know, we'll see what happens tomorrow night. But for me, Kingston versus Punk, that's the match. That's the match to watch. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not covering it tomorrow night. I'm part, I was on the web. I'm like, do I want to spend 50 bucks to see this match? Kind of do. And that yeah. that tells you something. Because how often in WWE you think, well, it's on Peacock. I mean, in WWE, I can't remember the last time I was like, I spent $50 to see that match. Yeah, and you said that because they've drawn off of some, whether it's real-life tension, whether they're recreating some real-life tension, they did a great job making this seem like these two guys really have a problem with one of another. And it's weird because WWE is in a situation where they could do that same thing. Uh, We saw Charlotte tonight and Becky Lynch, they both have real-life problems. They could just put them in there. We're not going to overscript you. You guys go back and forth, and we're going to kind of make this seem as real as possible. And I think something like that could create that type of interest in a Survivor Series. Oh, yeah, and they're clearly, I mean, they're building that so much right now to the point where I, I think it's i think it's a bit of a work. I think they might be amplifying some real stuff, but... Yeah, once WWE gets his hands on, I do think that there is some legitimacy to them having, like, friction, but once WWE starts kind of using the hype machine to be like, oh, these two don't like each other, that's when it gets a little much, but I would like them to capitalize on that with them coming face-to-face before Survivor Series. Yeah, and... and um. WWE, the way they are with media, they've gotten better in the last year and letting their talent do more media. They don't let their talent just go in like shit talk other talent. Right. You know, if there's not money to be made in a payoff. Yeah. In a match, you know? So we'll see. Um, Aaron Mick, 499, four hours work. There's a George Strait concert down the street. Uh, <laughs> is that after full gear? Oh, uh, a lot, lot of crossover. In Minnesota. That'll be fun. I don't know a single George Strait song. I was thinking uh, George I, I Thurgood think... and the Destroyers, but that's entirely different. <laughs> that sounds like, see, i go to that, that concert. I would definitely go to that concert. Yes. Uh, bands used to have good names like that, like the Destroyers, you know? Yeah. Yeah, really. Uh, yeah. It's hardcore. Yeah. Yes. Uh, okay, what else, uh, what else we got in the news? Well, uh, the Keith Lee saga continues. We reported last week about Keith Lee went on Twitter, said that he had to pay all of his own hospital bills. But WWE has issued a statement correcting what they say is an erroneous statement by Keith Lee. Here's a statement. It said, Keith Lee's recent comments implying WWE failed to pay his medical bills are erroneous. WWE has an extensive health care program for medical care of its in-ring performers. And Mr. Lee was part of this program while with the company. 
Should Mr. Lee have any concerns over the payment of medical bills, he's welcome to address them with WWE. It's always so disrespectful when a company that you work for or somebody you've known for a long time, now you're going through legal troubles, and they go Mr. Lee on you. Like, what? I'm not keep to you guys anymore. <laughs> At least I didn't call him Bearcat. You know? <laughs> they should have called him Mr. Bearcat. See, that would have been yeah. extra. <laughs> if Mr. Bearcat has an issue, we ask him to take it up with us, you know? <laughs> but uh, very interesting. Again, obviously, we don't know the whole stories. This is now turning into a he said, he said. Maybe this is like a technicality that WWE is saying, well, technically, we did pay for his medical bills if you constitute this. Um, I really have no reason to believe that Keith Lee is just like outright lying. So maybe it's the tale of two stories. Uh, it's very interesting that WWE went out of its way to correct something like this because this is something that I think would raise a lot of eyebrows in terms of the PR of a company that's not paying its wrestlers medical bills. Oh, yes. As far as I say, we told Mr. Lee that if he wants to call his pedicures a medical expense, we need a note from his doctor <laughs> before we reimburse them. Like, why didn't they get really petty with it, you know? Yeah, this is really starting to get petty. But uh, very interested to see if Keith Lee responds, if Mr. Lee responds to this. That might that should be his next handle because you know how he likes to do powerfully and all this yeah. stuff. The next one should be Mr. Lee. Absolutely. What else we got? And finally, Corey Graves might be in line for an in-ring return. Uh, we saw him win the 24-7 championship momentarily this past Monday, but he's been tweeting like he might want to wrestle again. In fact, Corey Graves literally tweeted, I kind of want to wrestle again. And then he tweeted, I want a championship in WWE without stepping to the ring. Uh, I also lost the same way, but let's not focus on that. So really starting to uh, drum up the speculation that he's coming back. I know earlier, I think it was last year, he was training with his brother, Sam Adonis. The criminally underrated Sam Adonis, he was training with him, uh, which got people thinking he was putting videos of him training. And, you know, this is a wrestling business. You never say never. We've seen Edge. We've seen Brian Danielson come back from career-ending head and neck injuries. So... You know, I would want to see after Corey Graves has kind of built himself into this cult of personality and you know that he can talk. I really would be interested in uh, some type of in-ring return. Yeah. I was thinking about that. I saw the tweet and then I saw him tweet that the Insane Clown Posse is his guest on After the Bell this week. Oh, my God. That, that's going to be wild. I might. Too yeah, I immediately went and added that to my podcast. After. Yes. The Juggalos, like, man. <laughs> I need to listen to that ASAP. It's going to be awesome. Hell, yeah. Oh man! Uh, anything else happened? What was that thing that happened with uh, with TK with Tony Khan yesterday? With uh, what thing? Oh, well, I mean, I know he had a media scrum, but there was a couple of headlines that came out of it. Which um, I know he said something about NWA that he yeah about the women's division and I like. I mean, it's just like oh, he's not quite seeming like the friendly, feel good billionaire anymore. No. Yeah, it did seem kind of heelish. Like, I can understand him feeling underappreciated, but for him to come out, and that's the thing about billionaires. The more they talk, the more you're going to start to see that they always have problems with self-awareness, empathy, warmth, and stuff like that. Like, him being perceived as a friendly billionaire is should be enough. He really should kind of curb how much he talks, because the more he does, the more you kind of see the self-awareness there, because he's saying how, like, well, NWA Empower really needs to thank me, because I paid for those women. Nobody paid for them more than me. And, it's more, and you know, listen, I, I can empathize with the fact that maybe he feels disrespected or whatnot, but once you start to kind of put dollar signs on people, then it's you start to turn into the, the, the billionaire that uh, I think people find it hard to like in terms of yeah. that trope. It's like a Kendall Roy moment. Um, yeah. It was, yes. uh, yeah, not good. Not good at Protection all. Protection is getting good, though. It's, I will admit it oh had a little God. bit of a slow start to this season, but I'm really liking it now. 
it's the high point of my week. I mean, of yeah. course, aside from doing this podcast. Oh, thank you. Yes. This podcast, then succession. Particularly on Tuesday when we get to see Tony D'Angelo. But this will do too. Oh this God. is a fun podcast. Man, could you imagine? And this is all I want. Just take, like, rip it off entirely and just give me succession in with the McMahon family. I want to know who the cousin Greg of the McMahon family is. Oh, my God. Is it Shane? Is Shane cousin <laughs> Greg? <laughs> it might, that's a great, you know, the reason that I attached to succession so quickly is the, like, one episode and I was like, oh, my God, this is the McMahon family. This is, like, what's happening yeah. with WWE. It's this big empire that makes a lot of money that's kind of crumbling from the inside. And like, this is exactly what, if you watch Succession thinking about the McMahons with, you know, Logan Roy being Vince, and it, it is very much like what's going on in WWE. It is very much, very, very much. You can get the son-in-law, you know, willing to take oh, the fall. Yeah. It's really great. It's so good. It's such a great show. It really is. Um, so uh, speaking of WWE, let's talk about SmackDown tonight. And uh, man, great night for the women on SmackDown yes. in terms of getting airtime. We opened with the team SmackDown for Survivor Series, the women's team. Uh, we had Shotzi, Natalia, Shayna, and Aaliyah. Uh, and then DeVille brought out team captain Sasha Banks. And then Naomi came out. And we ended up getting a three-on-three match, which I'm still not sure how this all made sense. Um, but I love that Aaliyah got the win tonight, her first match on SmackDown. This is like seven, eight years in the making her career in WWE. Uh, I thought she looked fantastic in this match, and I loved that she got the pin. Me too. I thought, like, when she first tagged in, she seemed – it was a little, like, shaky just at first, and I was like, uh-oh. But, like, immediately after, I thought everything she did, particularly with Natalia, which, you know, she's obviously a veteran, so uh, somebody who's going to make someone look great. But I thought Aaliyah showed very well in this match. I liked uh, her work. You know, they kept – hammering home the fact that she's been a developmental for seven years and um and it's a good story it's an inspiring underdog story but it also kind of speaks to the system that people are log jammed in developmental for years and years and years before finally getting their shot where she started at 19 and is now you know closing in on 30 and she's um uh, but she looked great i mean i thought she it was showing well as a baby face to the point where you know later on in the night we saw that she was pulled from this team and it really kind of miffed me uh given how they well now kind of put the rocket on her and they're just gonna Pull the rug from under her now. Well, and we'll talk about that. We'll talk about where they're where they're going with that. Um, I mean, it was uh great that she got the win. Um, and then they they set up this match with Sami Zayn and Jeff Hardy tonight. Uh, we'll talk about the stakes there, but hey, the, you know, this opening women's match was really, really good. Aaliyah pinned Natalia. It was great to see her uh just beaming backstage, and then Sonia Deville. Uh, because Naomi helped her uh, give the assist to get the win with the distraction tonight. Um, like, Tony Deville takes it out on Aaliyah and says she's off the Survivor Series team. Yeah. I don't, I don't like that. I, I hate all the switching around. So this is now the third time that by the end of the night that we'll have seen somebody get switched around. And it's like, yeah, who would have thought that a team randomly put together on Twitter was going to be subject to change because they didn't think it through? Like, of course, that's what's going to happen. It really... It, it takes away from what it means to be on a Survivor Series team where I would rather there be qualifying matches. You have to win certain things to earn your way to the Survivor Series team. But the way they've done it is they've just thrown a makeshift team together and now they're taking it apart and here and there. And I just don't like that at all. And I think the optics of this for Sonya's character are really, really bad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, so are you saying that like... Uh, in terms of the people that she's taking on this team? or Yeah, if I'm Sonia, I'm backstage saying, hey, can I be really mean to a white woman or something? 
Like, <laughs> even this thing out, but yeah, because you know, you're really making it look like I might have a prejudice going on here. If Sonia Deville is gonna be a heel, Karen Deville is gonna be the heel. This is within the wheelhouse of this character. Is that for some strange, unexplained reason now Lee is off the team? I mean, it's. I mean, we talk about this a lot. I'm not saying I'm not accusing. I'm not saying this is their thought, but we talk about optics. This is terrible optics. If I'm Sonya Deville, I'm the one raising my hand saying, hey, can I make a catty comment to Tony Storm or something? Like, please, anything, you know? Yeah. But, like, and in the case of Naomi, I don't think this is an optics. I think they're going out of their way to, to illustrate yes. the fact that this is definitely something where there might be a prejudice, you know? You have the Karen character that she talks to all the time, calling security on Naomi. These are all things that are well within the wheelhouse of, you know, racial injustice, if you'll say. And um, this Aaliyah thing might just be, like, another cherry on top to give you another reason to, to suspect Sonya Deville of something sinister like that. Yeah, it's just a little kind of like, okay, a little uncomfortable, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't like that, Aaliyah, was, especially the way they did it, that they just put her over so strongly. In her, and what WWE is struggling to do right now is create these new stars. Uh, and the re, the way they like to do it is they like to create like sympathy for these people instead of just having them put it on a win streak and, uh, and having them win and make them look strong. They always have to be downtrodden. And I don't think that's an effective way to consistently book baby faces. Yeah, and it's weird to make her now this uh, like – bullied underdog after she just got this this sizable win tonight and it looked fantastic yeah i agree you know uh antoine fair five dollars saying i think they did that to get heat for sonia she was on that team to get heat we all know what they're playing and that's where i just i get nervous when wwe goes a little too far with these things sure i mean they're not there yet in terms of going too far because they haven't even like they're still the announcer stuff to play dumb like i don't even know why she has a problem with naomi so yeah. i mean they haven't gone there yet but um you know wdb has had a history of of you know maybe going when i say going too far and losing the art of the situation and then just coming off as tone deaf but hopefully it doesn't happen with this yeah We'll see what happens, but good for Leah. I think uh, her future is bright. I'm curious where they take it from here. I, you know, I could see, I could see Leah and Naomi tagging against Sonya and Shayna. Yeah, that seems like kind of a that'd be great. I mean, I, I hope Naomi gets her one on one win over Sonya Deville, though, because they really you talk about things that are getting stretched out. This is on the verge of going a little too far and too long of Naomi losing all the time. So Jackson Callen saying maybe Bailey comes back for a surprise return. Bailey, though, I thought it was going to be cleared forever. Yeah, I was thinking Bailey, um, but yeah, because she got injured, I want to say like four or five months ago, and that was an ACL injury that's going to take like nine months. Like, I don't see her back until WrestleMania, maybe even the Royal Rumble, but even that I think is too soon. Time is so weird lately. I was watching, uh, re-watching the movie because my wife and I had seen it. We were re-watching Zola, the movie, last night. And I was like, oh, yeah, I remember when I saw this like a year ago. And I looked at my like, this came out four months ago when I watched it. <laughs> and I'm just like, four months ago felt like a year ago. Yeah, I do that a lot with stuff that came out in the pandemic where I think, um, like, they just showed the Tiger King trailer. And I was thinking like that that was from a couple of years ago. And it's like, no, no, yeah. no that was a pandemic thing. Yeah. By the way, Zola, Cousin Greg, steals the show once again. Oh, that's the, oh, I got I got to check that out. Then. He's so good, dude. It was so. I mean, it's based on that famous Twitter thread story. Uh, it's a very adult movie, but I oh, mean, the stripper. Yes, yes, it's a bonkers movie. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because I read that whole thing, and I've been meaning to watch that movie. So that's okay. And Elvis's granddaughter Riley Keough is in it. She has the like 
supporting role and she's her characters i mean it's just yeah it's, it's like you have to see it's very adult again i don't want someone thinking i'm gonna put on zone and watch a good time with the family no you watch this alone and then you decide if your significant other would be okay with this film yeah but you shouldn't read these tweets with the family you definitely yeah you should none of it none of it i do that a lot it's really weird i think because to me, in a relationship, the worst thing you can ever have happen is put on a movie or TV show and you're sticking another or even a friend that you're like, I'm not into this. Let's turn it off. So when I care about someone's opinion and I think something's a little more questionable, sometimes I'll pre-watch it in secret and be like, okay, if it's really good, yeah. then I'll watch it with them. Because yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's yeah, my it's taste good. I'm defending. You know, I don't want to be yeah. seen as someone with poor taste. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's a good point. Seal of approval and then you go in for it. Yeah. It's very important. Um, so... We had we had potentially a call up tonight. We're going to talk about this, uh, but we had all this uh, build tonight for the main event with Xavier Woods versus Roman Reigns. I mean, they're showing us the recaps. I mean, I'm actually amazed how much mileage they're getting out of this. Yeah, I mean, it's I mean, week after week, uh, Woods has been positioned opposite Roman Reigns. Good for him. Yeah, good for them taking this King of the Ring and making it mean something. Like it really has been a long time since the King of the Ring. I mean, I guess King Corbin they did uh, do something with that, but this feels like how they would use the King of the Ring to to give somebody some steam. So I'm glad that they're getting back to that uh, in terms of using this as something that's seriously making Woods like kind of a top star right now. Like as far as I'm concerned, until further notice, he's a top star on SmackDown. They're building oh yeah this show. Current storyline around him and Roman Reigns. You can call it a TV feud or whatnot, but I think Woods has been great in this role. And, um, you know, hopefully Kofi Kingston comes back soon. I, I think that's a storyline injury, uh, but I, I think that they've all been great working with Roman Reigns here. Well, and as much as they've tried to get distance, this dovetails so nicely into Roman versus Biggie at Survivor Series. Yes, you're absolutely right. No, this is going to be great because. This is obviously being done because it's like a random Raw versus SmackDown champion versus champion, but this also has storyline implication where now, you know, Big E sees that Roman Reigns has been bullying his friends and Big Brother's going to come in there and who knows, maybe he'll hand Roman Reigns his first loss in over a year, but uh, I, I don't know. I think they're saving that for Brock. Well, Rick Boogs and the Intercontinental Champion Shinsuke Nakamura took on Los Lotharios this week. Uh, Umberto and Angel. Angel who's just Angel now, high school honor student by day, WWE, Lothario by night. <laughs> did, you ever, did you ever see the movie Angel as a kid? That box cover was uh, the one where it was like, I always look at it and I would just be like, like, I need to see this movie. I can't what see movie this is movie. Ain't is Angel and the box cover said, uh, high school honor student by day, Hollywood hooker by night. <laughs> no, I did not see that. Yeah, and it was like, but it was like a gritty, like crime thriller. I didn't see this box cover as a child. You know, when you're like, like 11 years old, you're like, what is this film? I didn't watch this film until like a year ago. Finally, I finally saw it as an adult. I'm like, and they made sequels to it too. It's crazy. You had me at a Hollywood Hooker by Night. That's. Um, I mean, it's just, but in the '80s, in the '80s, that shit flew. Like oh, yeah. that was like somebody probably got a promotion for putting together that box. You have to look at the box cover. Somebody got a promotion for putting that together. Uh, but no, so. Uh, the, the movie Angel, far more interesting than what's going on with Los Lotharios, but they keep giving them these wins. They're blowing kisses to the crowd. Like, this must be getting over with somebody. Is Shinsuke Nakamura still the Intercontinental Champion, right? Because that belt has gone into dormancy. Are they doing anything with that belt? <sighs> Rick Boogs versus Shinsuke is where the money is, man. 
I mean, you might as well. They love splitting these teams up. I thought Rick Boogs was great tonight introducing Shinsuke. And uh, it's weird that they picked Boogs and Nakamura to be the latest team to put over Los Lotharios. And, hey, maybe there's something there. Maybe they'll win the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. But uh, I don't see the Usos dropping them anytime soon. So hopefully it's just not one of those things where a team just gets a bunch of wins and then they just forget about them and we don't see them for weeks on end. Yeah. I don't know, but Boogs is definitely over. I mean, he's like... He's like Elias on steroids. Disclaimer, I don't mean on actual steroids. Department of Justice, yeah. WWE, we don't need to go through that again. Right. Uh, <laughs> but, but I mean, he is like Elias, like 2.0. Yeah, that's, they're capturing that. Uh, but the babyface version in plugged in, electric. Elias is more unplugged, a little more low-key, um, more healing on the crowd. But Rick Boogs is getting the crowd on his side and playing electric guitar and is silly and whimsical. Yes uh jackson catlins my man 499 okay who fills the spots on the teams your opinions trying to picture how they can make a shock factor to make us interested i mean bailey would definitely be one if she would yeah maybe it's one of those things i do have a theory i've always long since since john cena in 2008 when he came back to the royal rumble that they always add a few months to when somebody's expected to return so that the shock factor is there i know they did that with john cena plenty of times that and he's like a just physical marvel who can recover faster than anybody in history but you know maybe bailey is the move uh maybe sonya deville sonya deville puts herself on this team i could see that happening yeah and then they lose because oh oh maybe they'll never do this this would be a great moment there's a team like mutiny's honor because they're like we think you're being really unfair i refuse to go out there with you know like you could have like almost like a rudy moment where they insist on Aliyah coming back you know, oh, you get yeah. the win in Survivor Series. They carry her off on their on their shoulders. <laughs> there you go. You know. She's like Rudy. Yeah, that would I was reading something. I was reading something the other day. The movie Rudy was like largely bullshit, and I feel oh, like yeah. it shattered my world, man. Like no, no. Joe, Joe Montana himself went on. I think it was a Dan Patrick show years ago, and he was just like, "That's not how it happened at all." I was there at Notre Dame, and he was not this like superhero who we carried off on our shoulders and all that. But, you know, it's movies. It's Hollywood. They're always going to embellish like that. It's true, man. you got to make the story better. Uh, on the men's side, it's funny you mentioned Cena. I don't think they're going to bring Cena back this soon. I don't know who would be good on the men's side. Bailey on the women's side, though, definitely. Yeah, that would be great to see Bailey come back in that fashion. Um, it would be interesting if they bring her back as a heel or baby face. Uh, I know she was really invested in this heel character. But coming back, nobody's going to boo Bailey coming back. So, And listen, they made Becky Lynch a heel automatically. So maybe they'll do the same with Bailey. Ooh, Jody Sean Jenkins saying uh, Los Lotharius was better when they were the clones. <laughs> I mean, the clones were trying to sell you a timeshare, man. Yeah, yeah. And they had Ninja Turtle masks and uh, brochures. I wonder if they still have those brochures. At least one of those I, in NFT. I want one of those brochures. If anyone out there has a Shining Stars timeshare brochure, they gave them out to the crowd. They printed them. Yeah. I Me. want one of those so bad. Me too. Just scan it. Just scan it, take a good photo, put it online. I would love that to see. I would love to have one in my possession. I'll hang it up on the um, wall next to my Ms. Participation Award. Yeah, yeah. I am working on because it's not going to be a white background for much longer. Hopefully, oh. one day I'll have a shelf with all these action figures and stuff like that, and that would be my centerpiece if I had that. That and a picture so, of Tony D'Angelo. <laughs> Did you see Tony D'Angelo cut a promo on Dexter and Indy tonight? And I thought I misheard it, but it's a good thing he said it. He said, "See you guys next Tuesday," and I was like, "Oh shit." Someone must have said to them, like, you are not allowed to use the phrase, see you next Tuesday for NXT. 
Well, Frankie Monet did say that when she was promoting her big debut. Okay, so uh, wait, but... she she did say okay, so that was the one because I was like, has anyone actually dropped that? And maybe yeah. after that, they were like, you cannot like, and they're like, why can't I say that? Just don't, just Google it. You cannot say that on TV. <laughs> it's probably one of those things where they just now figured out what it means, and they're like, okay, no more of that, you guys. It has to yeah. be see you guys next Tuesday. Oh, Antoine Fair, two dollars. Interesting, interesting idea. Uh, Twenty five years of the Rock. What if it's the Rock? I mean, I doubt it. If he's not, he just recently said he's not working with Roman Reigns. Who knows if he's being a carny yep, or not? But he does have that movie schedule, you know. But he has come back in Survivor Series in New York before, so that would be fun. There's a really cool picture of a lot of the WWE superstars dressed as The Rock, and my favorite is Matt Riddle dressed as 1996 Rock when he debuted yeah. in uh, Survivor Series Madison Square Garden when he had the, uh, you know, the fringes and the crazy hair. He did a great job on that one. The blue chipper. There the blue chipper, yes. Yes. Um, yeah, I saw that. It's crazy. Uh, look, if The Rock didn't show up to promote Hobbs and Shaw with his uh, epic pissing contest against Vin Diesel, like he's not showing up to promote a movie on WWE. Do you think that's a work with Vin Diesel? Do you think they really have heat? He wasn't in the last movie. Yeah, that, I mean, that does make it seem like more so. But, I mean, then again, he did a spinoff, so maybe that was always going to be the plan. But the, the longer this goes – the less I believe that it's real. At first, I really did believe that, wow, these two hate each other. But, but did you see the shot somebody had? What was it in Furious 8? Where you can tell they didn't shoot them together at the same time. Yes, yeah, yeah. And I saw that yeah. movie, and it was, it was pretty obvious in the movie once I heard that, too. Did you watch Furious 9 yet? I did, I did. I liked it a lot. I, I, really? You know, my, my, it's not like I had high hopes or anything like that. I think that's why, as my expectations were lowered, I did, like, the first half of it was just, you know, I couldn't bear it i almost stopped watching it and then it I'm was like, so long it was yeah, so it was slow yeah and i How watched it in two sittings that? i think that's why I ended oh, up there you it, go. But yeah i mean i love the fast and furious series and i've i'll tell you this even too fast too furious like i've never said the words like i'm bored during a fast and the furious movie and during furious nine i was bored out of my freaking mind for most of yeah if I ever watched it again, which I won't, but I would fast forward to the first hour of it and maybe get to the meat of it. I watched it, it and, and then I saw there was a director's cut and I was like, wait, there's a longer version of this film that I didn't see? <laughs> the Snyder cut. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, but so, yeah, so maybe it'll be The Rock. Who knows? That would be a lot of fun, but you got to advertise something like that, man. I mean, it'd be a great surprise and everything, but I don't know. Von Wagner was backstage. Is Von Wagner called up to the main roster? He might be. You know what bothered me about this is like the announced team didn't say his name. They had to act like they didn't know who he was. And it's like you're either saying that you don't watch the product because there's a Tuesday night NXT show every week. So the announcers are just willfully admitting that they don't watch the product and also that he's not worthy of being named on television, which is a weird edict to have for somebody if – the new edict is we're going to build stars from NXT. Well, then why don't you say, oh, that's the guy from NXT. He's done a good job on the Tuesday night show that we now want you to watch. You know, you're on your biggest show of the week. Shouldn't you be promoting something like this? His name, the fact that there's an NXT 2.0 that's dying in the ratings, just did over 600,000 uh, viewers. And um, with the rumors that Kyle O'Reilly, Von Wagner's tag team partner in NXT, that his contract is up in December, it does kind of make sense timing-wise. Yeah, a lot of undisputed era references on uh, AEW Rampage. So maybe like, some. I mean, that was like TNA Impact level. Like, aren't we clever? References tonight with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a bit much. We we, we got what you guys were doing. It all made sense. No, um, 
But okay, so uh, Zayn versus Hardy Knight. Sammy loses. He's going to be off the team uh, for Survivor Series. But let's talk about Charlotte Flair. I got to give it to her. I thought this uh-oh, this Becky uh-oh thing was stupid as hell. And oh my God, the crowd got so into it. Oh yeah, they did. I thought this is what you might have meant by the worst promo of all time. No, I loved this. I thought this was great. And you're right. The crowd did help. This could have been a disaster if they didn't come with her. She could have looked like a complete idiot. But oh yeah, it was really cool what she was doing with uh-oh and everybody getting into it. It was really funny, kind of clever. And, uh, and I very much liked it. I think that should be... If Charlotte was going to be a babyface, I would say that this is something she should do. Maybe not every week, but kind of a staple of her character. But uh, I thought this was really cool. It was a good promo. And I'm telling you, someone has to do this so I don't have to take the time to do it. Get Jagged Edges, Where the Party At, the song with Nelly, and replace the uh-ohs in that song with Charlotte's uh-ohs. Please. Cool. I might do it. We were talking about using Giphy and stuff like that. that yeah. That's amazing. Absolutely. No, but no, I mean, right the first time she catch one thing to the crowd to say it, I was like, this is where it dies. I, like, I was even thinking in my head, I'm like, man, she is so out the door on her way to AEW when her contract is up <laughs> to join her husband. But then the crowd got into it. And this shows, man, this, I mean, like, I hate to say it, like, this shows the power of a live crowd, how something just lives or dies. And if you can get something like this over, man, like, it, I went from thinking it was stupid to where it was like, holy shit, kudos to you. Yeah. Absolutely. There's a fine line, but we see this in AEW sometimes with a lot of these comedy matches they have. And uh, if, if it's stupid and the crowd doesn't like it, that's one thing. But a lot of times the crowd is super into it. And that does sway my opinion as to whether or not it was worth doing. And I thought this was a hell of a segment. And Tony Storm comes out and challenges her. And I was like, this could be a fantastic night for SmackDown women. We're going to get a, a match right here for the championship. Tony Storm's going to lose. But they didn't even give us that. That's the one issue I had that they punked out Tony Storm that way. Or it was like, I mean, like, at least give her the, I, mean, I think, what do you think is better? Is it better that she made the challenge and Charlotte just big-timed her? Or would it have been better to have her lose in two minutes to Charlotte in the squash? Definitely making the challenge and Charlotte, like, big-timing her. It doesn't make Tony Storm look good, especially because she didn't do anything. She just let Charlotte just walk off on her like that. But I do like the fact that they're kind of showcasing her. Story, Tony Storm did have a great point in terms of Charlotte's taking all these shots at Becky Lynch. And, like, Becky just defended this title two weeks ago. Like, you haven't yeah. defended it since. So I really like that they made Tony Storm make a lot of sense and come off as a babyface in this segment. Yeah. I'm, But uh, I'm surprised that she big-timed her like that. Yeah. I like – Tony Storm is the most puzzling women's call up, not all time, but in recent memory. Definitely, I mean, it's. In, I, I wouldn't say it's puzzling, but we see too much of this from WWE that they call somebody up, they'll push them for a little bit, and then they'll just forget about them and put them on ice. But you know, Tony Storm is a huge talent, and she could have a great match with Charlotte Flair. My God, yeah. if they get those two time, you get 15 minutes of Tony Storm versus Charlotte Flair, which I hope it's not just a TV match, which I fear it's going to be, but you give them some time, it's going to be a great match. Well, and that's the thing about it, right? Is it's like you look at the way they treated it tonight, and that's what I'm saying. Like, it's probably better that she got ducked uh by charlotte tonight because i mean this is a former nxt uk women's champion like they should be able to have a banger of a match um so maybe they're kicking the can for that down the road maybe that happens next week maybe that happens after survivor series i don't know yeah yeah i do you know i kind of fear that they're going to do something like that well if it's going to be a title match yeah maybe it will be next week maybe it'll be a a head of survivor series and presented as a tune-up which i think would be kind of a waste i think it should be the first thing she does after she faces becky that that now she has Tony Storm to deal with. If they if this all turns into Tony Storm being in a title program with Charlotte, I apologize to take back every critical word I said about this tonight. If this was yeah, it absolutely should, yeah. the seed. 
Yeah, yeah, but it should turn into a title program, and I hope it does. But they've given her something different to do each week, and it's gone nowhere. Yeah, and I don't like her gimmick at all, that 80s wild child. I hope they do away with that. Well, that you know, her, her mom was really into 80s rock. <laughs> Could you imagine in the 1980s if they come out and been like, you know, uh, uh, his mom was really into doo-wop, and that's, that's where he took his look from, you know? And that's why you should buy his merch. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> uh, but this was a good segment. Again, congrats to Charlotte for getting this over. I thought this started off really dicey and um, got over big time. Uh, then we had Sami Zayn versus Jeff Hardy, a match they let it go for, for quite some time. Um, what did you think of this match, although Sami Zayn lost? Yeah, I thought it was good. And again, I, I really don't like this theme of replacing the Survivor Series match. It, it's just they're shuffling the deck as we speak. There seems to be no rhyme or reason for why anybody's on these teams, which I think hurts the Survivor Series classic showdown matches where they do the eliminations. Uh, but, you know, it's funny because, like, they can beat Jeff Hardy from here to Kingdom Come, and he's still, like, one of the oh, biggest yeah. stars on that show, gets one of the biggest reactions. When they announced the match backstage, people immediately started chanting for Hardy. This guy's such a huge star. And part of that is because WWE over the past 10 years has trained its audience to believe that people from the past are impo more important than the people of the current generation. Yeah. So between that and, uh, you know, how over Jeff Hardy is, like, that, that stood out to me, how just the rock star reactions he continues to get. And then Sami Zayn literally erased from the graphic. I tweeted this, but uh, if you don't believe there's a conspiracy against Sami Zayn, you're a part of the conspiracy against Sami Zayn. <laughs> you were trying to hold him back and hold him down. One of the Spice Girls called him a P-word. Did you see that? Scary. Was it Scary Spice? <laughs> yeah, and then Mel B said she wants to like walk out and enter with Sasha Banks in an event. Yeah. Oh, yes. You know, it's funny because I saw this. It's on WrestlingInc.com. I'll give it a, a look. And the headline on Wrestling Inc. read, Spice Girl calls Sami Zayn a whatever. And then I immediately was like, it had to be Mel B. And it was. It was. You know, I feel like we all owe Mel B an apology. Like, historically, everyone's like, oh, who's your favorite Spice Girl? Mel B is the best Spice Girl. Like, 100%. 100%. And I feel like collectively we owe her an apology. We do, but not me. I've always said it. You know, I grew up biased maybe, but I always love me some Scary Spice. I think she's fantastic. Yes. I had a big crush on Jerry Howell back in the 90s. No, Jerry is Ginger Spice, right? Yes, correct. Yes, yes. Ginger was good too. She was, and she left. You know, I always I always like the one that quits the group. I always like when Robbie yeah. Williams left, take that. Like, Wait, I was like the kind of... The Rebel. Uh, Jackson Callens, 499, saying Goldberg taking men SmackDown via Lashley's Raw team completes his last match on his contract. Farfetch, I'm trying here. Good night, boys. Thanks, Jackson. <laughs> I don't think they're wasting it for the Survivor Series match. Maybe, but probably not. Yeah, I mean, Survivor Series, to be honest, that would be perfect for Bill Goldberg because, you know, he's limited in what he can do, especially at his age now. He looks fantastic, but, you, you know, tagging Goldberg, he does his signature spots. He doesn't have to do too much in there. I mean, that'd be perfect for a Goldberg. Sure. Uh, Antoine Fair, $2, without comment, just saying, uh, he's saying, I'm just glad Tony's back in the shorts. <laughs> I'm not touching that one, but uh, <laughs> Tony Storm does have a good Cinnabon. I will say that. They're, they're, she's um, a black girl's booty. I, physically, I'm just a, an <laughs> observation. Just an observation. <sighs> Between you and Issa, I'm gonna somehow, somehow, I'm gonna just say something that gets me canceled one night. On this she uses it too as a weapon. She she uses it as a weapon as one of her big moves is a butt to the face and stuff like that. 
There you go. Um, so, oh, we had a little uh, drama backstage with Mustafa Ali trying to console Aliyah and then Ricochet, like giving her better advice, uh, saying, don't listen to him. Man, I hope I hope she doesn't get in the middle of this. This would be like, remember when Alicia Fox like got in the middle of that 205 Live? Yeah. Feud? Like, please don't do that to Aliyah. That would be so yeah, bad. I- I don't like that Aaliyah is like being booked as like everybody wants her to be their little sister and like, hey, you come under my wing, little girl. Like, let me tell you how it works around here. Like, it's, um, but she does, I will say this the way she comes off, and this is, I think this is going to be great for her as a babyface, super likable and kind of like a naivete in, in terms of how hmm. she delivers her line and how she talks, stuff like that. Um, like kind of wide eyed. So, and, and I don't think it's like a put on. I think she just has that naturally. And then, and it's really endearing, I think, very charming. So what did you think of Hit Row's promo tonight without being oh, is this, I mean, it was, it was what it was. It was kind of backstage. I would like to see more of Hit Row in the front. Um, hopefully they bring back um, B-Fab. I still am holding out hope that they come to their senses because there still continues to be uh, quite the bit of backlash of everybody who's been released that B-Fab with Hit Row has really added a lot to that group. And I, listen, I think they're going to be good without her. I think they'll be fine in terms of moving forward as long as they commit to this group. But I will say this, and I think I'm <laughs> the thing with uh, Jinder Mahal after did make me laugh. I, I did chuckle at that. It was not good, but it was one of those so bad it, it's good things. <laughs> was it? Was it so bad it was good? Because I would argue I, it was so bad it was terrible. <laughs> I, I can see why people would hate this ice ice shanky. I mean, it, really I hated this so much. This was like, like literally, if if Ice Ice Baby is your point of reference to make jokes about hip hop, um, this was a notch below. You know, I saw uh, Frankie Valli in concert uh, five years ago, and he does a little segment where he makes fun of rap music. So you can imagine, like an eighty-something-year-old man, that out of touch, he's probably making the same jokes about rap music since the mid '80s. What Ginger Mahal did tonight was somehow worse. <laughs> I think that's what they were going for. I think they, I mean, they were being heels and they were doing the worst. I mean, Vanilla Ice, come on, what are we doing? Worst. And yeah. who the f is Shanky? And Shanky was a seven foot guy that was, you know, with him on Raw with Veer, and now they're going for complete comedy. And I'm with you. Listen, when I saw the first early parts of it, I thought this was like terrible. The more they committed to this, <laughs> it broke me. Like eventually, I was like, okay, this is so stupid. Like I can't. I can't be mad at this anymore. I don't know, man. I'm still, I'm just mad thinking about it. And I like Jinder Mahal. I like Jinder yeah. Mahal a lot. Yeah, me too. Do you think this is going to be a weekly thing where, because clearly they're going to now feud with Hit Row. Do you think they're going to try to battle Hit Row? With, that's going to be a lot of fun. If Hit Row can uh, tear him up in a battle. I mean, maybe, I don't know. I mean, I guess it's different, right? My vote was still Sami Zayn brings back his big Larry character. And just goes toe to toe. Have you watched the Big Larry footage? Have I've seen that? that. Yeah, yeah. He can, yeah. He can do that. They, they can That's still do that. Problematic, to say the yeah. least. Um, but some very, some more acceptable version of that, perhaps toe to toe with Hit Row. Um, like they did with Sex Ferguson was a very, very you know edgy character when they did it on the Indies. But then for Southpaw Regional Wrestling, it was toned down, and it was still very funny. I mean, this was just so bad, and I. Look, I love a rap battle. We've talked about the movie Eight Mile on this podcast. Yes. Probably like five percent of this podcast in the next six years have been talking about the movie Eight Mile. Like, I love freestyle battle raps. 
everything about that. I think it's a very, very entertaining part of hip hop culture. Love that Hit Row is able to bring that. But if you're going to put them on the mic with someone that's just going to get up there and like, I don't want to say make a mockery of it, but like, like just, it's stupid. Like you could do some clever things. Did you watch, what was the Sasha Baron Cohen show? Uh, a couple of years ago. Oh, this, this is, is America. America. That was amazing. But remember we had the super woke character in the freestyle battle? Yeah. And like, but he still like said some really clever, he, like he won the crowd over with this corny right. shit. Like, so I think you can do something that's anti-hip hop that works, but this just struck me as so lazy and dumb. And here's the most important part about it. Okay. So this isn't just me, just old man Glenn saying like, oh, these are just lame, you know, early nineties hip hop jokes. This is not going to get hit row over. This is not going to help them at all because in wrestling, much like in a freestyle battle, in some ways you were only as good as your opponent. Because if you just go out there yeah. and slaughter somebody, you're just going to like, whatever. But if you have somebody that gives as good as they get, that's interesting. I, I can see that. Uh, that's definitely a great point. This is straight out of the WWE playbook, though, and what they do when it comes to hip-hop gimmicks. We saw this a lot with the John Cena gimmick where everybody – Kurt Angle has a rapper gimmick now, you know, in yes. terms of going against John Cena. The Big Show battled John Cena. And so this is just another version of it. Maybe it's a worse version. I will say this, though. They better be careful in terms of, like, I don't know how this is going to be received by the crowd if they're going to ironically start liking it. I think that's unlikely. But if they do this ice, ice, shanky thing and they battle Hit Row and it's so silly, I, I just hope the fans don't end up, like, turning on Hit Row because this ice, That's ice, what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I mean, and think about you know, in the more recent era when they did the New Day versus the Usos freestyle battle, you know, I mean, like this could be done really cool. And I'm not saying Jinder Mahal Hall has to come out there and spit fire, but they could give him some better material or find some way to make this clever and not just like, okay, I'm just going to like say the lamest, most mocking shit because that's not going to make Hit Row look cool by comparison. It's going to actually drag them down for being in the segment. Well, it might, because I think here, like, especially, like, with Top Dalla and whatnot, they're very, very good in terms of what they do. Very good. Very talented. They've got bars, so I really do think that if it's silly enough and the crowd thinks it's stupid, that Hit Row can hit that note in, in roasting them and getting the crowd, because then they'll just be saying what everybody is thinking. And, in fact, you know, we talked about this. I think Max Caster and AW has completely, like, improved um, – the the structure the targets like i think max castor is now out there and literally in eight bars able to say everything he needs to say it's very easy to hear very easy to understand even if you're not a hip-hop fan um it's effective he's got punchlines. it's good you know i think that's the thing i think with hit row because they're doing something that's a little more advanced and complex like with the cypher that they did i think that yeah, it's like you need somebody. Either Hit Row needs to change their style a little bit, and they may, may do maybe do a little more punchline stuff, something. But yeah, it's just this gender and shanky thing. This was bad. And also, like, has it happened yet? Hit Row is going to call him Stanky next week, right? Or Spanky? They might. Yeah, I mean, it does rhyme. <laughs> like we're we're headed there. Spoiler. Yeah, yeah that's that, that's a good bet that that's going to be a bar or maybe a nickname that they give him. And I think the less WWE production of Hit Row, I mean, we've always known this, the better, you know, that the Cypher is something that was all Hit Row. You could tell that this is something that they had kind of was their baby. And uh, I would like to see Hit Row in terms of how they're presented, it being them having more autonomy instead of WWE wrapping their arms around this gimmick, doing their camera angles and all that stuff. The less produced this gimmick is, the better it will be. Well, if, actually, let me just put this. Hit Row, because, you know, forget kayfabe. In real life, Hit Row should actually be writing the stuff 
the gender. Like they should be choreographing, orchestrating the back and forth. Yeah. You know? A thousand and, and they'll do it better. And they'll do a better job coming up with something than WWE writers did. And that's the thing tonight. It's like don't have people that don't understand or even listen to hip hop writing yeah. raps. We because, saw this with the Usos in the New Day, which was one of the iconic moments in SmackDown history. When they had a battle, it wasn't WWE writers. It was, we're going to get some battle rap, like legitimate battle rappers. We're going to get Wale, and we're going to work on this thing together. And we're not going to so have good. writers get involved in this. It's going to be an actual battle. And that came off, like, I, I watch a lot of King of the Dot and, like, battle rap. That came off like a real battle. So it's that's very, authenticity is always important when it comes to, to hip-hop and booking it like And that. that's what I'm saying is important for Hit Row, because with Hit Row, I think you have the most authentic hip hop gimmick in the history, in the history of wrestling. Yeah. You know, sure. I mean, even John, C John Cena was pretty lampshaded, you know, but, he was, but I mean, the guy was nice. He was very, he was very good on the mic. Good. He made it work. Yeah. Yeah. But with hit roll, like just pissing all over that by yeah. putting them up against what we saw tonight. I, I thought it was really terrible. It was really awkward. I was embarrassed. I wanted to change the channel. My wife, who's not even a huge hip hop fan was just like, this is dumb, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it was silly. It was, it was silly. We'll see what they do with this, but I can definitely see where you're coming from on this. Yeah, it was bad, man. Uh, Rich Holland back. Okay, this was weird. Rich Holland backstage facing off with Cesaro. And oh, and by the way, a gender called Hit Row. There you go. Um, <laughs> okay, so this was interesting about Cesaro talking about his history with Sheamus at the bar. Like, I think reminding us of that partnership, like this just made Ridge look like an afterthought. It's like, here we are in this promo was about Cesaro's history with Sheamus. Yeah, this is interesting because what they're doing is Rich Holland has been speaking on behalf of Sheamus and then Sheamus is his hero and this stuff. I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that they're going to be a tag team. I think this is going to turn into something where maybe Sheamus does go with Cesaro. Maybe we get a bar reunion and Rich Holland and Sheamus start feuding because, you know, Rich Holland has been speaking on behalf of Sheamus and we haven't seen Seamus give his blessing to Ridge Holland. So maybe this is one of these things like a Mickey James situation where he's his biggest fan and he's just overbearing and overzealous. Uh, you know, hope she, he shouldn't go full of Mickey James. He's just being an admirer of, uh, of Seamus. But it's kind of interesting how they're doing it. But yeah, I agree. You know, Cesaro then came in and it's like they're now fighting over Seamus. That's what it came off like to me. Hey, man, you know, it's hot property. Uh, and then we had the, the main event tonight with Roman Reigns versus Xavier Woods. And again, the whole bended knee, bend the knee thing based on who wins, but the Usos interfered. So Woods won by DQ, but we went off the air with uh, Roman wearing the crown. Before we talk about that visual, what did you think of the match itself up until that point? I thought it was a good match. I didn't like the finish. I don't like the fact that we've now done two weeks of this bend the knee stipulation, which I thought was very unique. We even talked it up on the show last week, but I, they've completely killed this gimmick two weeks in. I don't ever want to hear of a bend the knee stipulation knowing that they've done two weeks of this with no payoff in terms of somebody actually bending the knee. Uh, so it's over in terms of them in record time. They've killed this gimmick. But I did like the match. I love Roman Reigns' facials in this match were incredible in terms of you didn't even need the commentators to tell the story of this match and that Roman Reigns overestimated this guy. And he started like looking at Xavier like, holy crap, I might be in for a fight here. Yeah. He was really good at subtleties in this match. So I thought it was really good. I mean, so Big E is going to get involved, obviously. I'm assuming maybe next week there'll be a beatdown or on the go home we'll have Big E show up or something will happen. 
Um, I assume after Survivor Series, though, maybe on the day one pay-per-view in January, maybe we get New Day versus the Bloodline. Yeah, I would love that. That could be a great main event. Yeah, that'd be that'd be excellent. That listen, we might get that this Monday because the raw ratings came in at another pretty low number, so they might hot shot that ahead of Survivor Series. But uh, I want to see the uh, the New Day versus the Bloodline uh, at yeah. some point. That would be amazing. No, absolutely. So this was a really good match. I think it was a mistake to have Roman wearing that crown as they went off the air tonight. Oh, why is that? Um, this is kind of a weird thing to say, but I mean, I think Roman is just so much bigger than that gimmick. Yeah. You know, like it works for Xavier because Xavier is very over the top with his character. Um, the King of the Ring is kind of a comedic gimmick. Yeah. Or at least the way they've booked it has been. It just, it just felt odd to me. You know what I mean? It's like... It's like uh, if Roman had beaten Shinsuke, would he have picked up the Intercontinental Championship and put it around his waist? Yeah, yeah. That, no, that's a good point, especially because the King of the Ring has been comedy adjacent. Again, I think they're doing a great job in making it into something with Xavier Woods. But even with Woods, there's this tinge of comedy to it where he does a king face and he has a lot of fun with it. And so that being comedy adjacent and Roman Reigns insisting on that, I just took it as more disrespecting sure, King Woods. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, that's just the most disrespectful thing he could have done to get at King Woods, but that, that's a good point too, that, you know, it is a little comedy adjacent for like the biggest star of the company and your top star to, to want to do that. So we'll see, man, but I'm invested in this feud. I mean, as, as cause it's going to dovetail so perfectly into Big E versus Roman and Survivor Series. It will. And they've kind of backed into that. Cause I don't think that's how they planned it or drew it up, but it's like you had uh, the new day now on SmackDown and they've been feuding with, they started with the Usos and now with Roman Reigns yeah. and it does really make world. a lot of storyline sense. Absolutely, man. So that was SmackDown tonight. I mean, there was some good stuff. That gender promo sucked. <laughs> Charlotte just turned that around. I like that a lot. The uh-oh promo. A lot of fun. I want to see her do that again. Yes, I want to do that remix. Tonight, if the wife falls asleep early, I'm working on that remix. Uh-oh. <laughs> I need to see Charlotte and Becky face-to-face -face unscripted. Let's get after Oh, my God. Her. Let's start it's shooting so on each other. They're milking the fans for all this is worth. Yeah. I mean, like they, they are finding everybody. something and they are actually like promoting it. So it might end up being more of a work. But, you know, if people believe that they don't like each other and they're able to convey that. Because, you, you know, CM Punk and Eddie Kingston don't have real life heat that I know of. Oh, actually, no. Great. Someone wrote into Meltzer. Some anonymous indie wrestler was like, oh, no, this is real. I mean, it's probably a planted article to build up the match even further. But it was like, oh, no, this is real. In terms of them currently, because I know that maybe no, coming up in a locker room, yeah, might have had some, some stuff. But <laughs> did you read that article Eddie Kingston wrote for the Players Tribune? It was amazing. Yeah, I think you were the one who recommended yeah. that I read it. Yeah. And I, I you read, read that it. article and tell me that this guy doesn't deserve to win on Saturday. He yeah. doesn't deserve to be a top guy. I would have no problem with him winning. I love the story that he's telling, and I love that Players Tribune is now embracing wrestlers' writings. This is one of my favorite publications, Players Tribune, because you hear directly from the players. And we had that great the Brian Danielson article that he had, and then Eddie Kingston. I thought I thought it was better. I thought it was really good. Yeah, such such a good such a moving article. Um, can't wait to see what happens tomorrow night. So we open with Rampage tonight, and TNT. Someone in TNT programming is so clever showing the Dwayne Johnson movie Rampage right before yeah. AEW Rampage. Ah, uh, yeah. Couldn't have been a mistake there. 25 years of The Rock, AEW Rampage. Are we going to get these rumors started or what? I mean, come on. <laughs> oh, man. That would be something. Um, so we open tonight with Bobby Fish versus Jungle Boy. 
And uh, Adam Cole came out the, after this match. Jungle Boy won this match. What did you think of this? How, how are you feeling about Bobby Fish in AEW? I love his theme music. That's about it. <laughs> I, 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 I think he's a good worker and everything like that. And I, this match is fine, although they did have a couple of miscues. They seemed like they had some chemistry issues. But I actually um, – his theme music, if you heard it, it's it's very similar to like something you do from Danzig. I think it's amazing. Uh, but I, he I, he didn't do it for me in terms of I think he's good as a part of the whole. And they, I think AEW is realizing that and putting him with Adam Cole and maybe Kyle O'Reilly if he comes along. But Bobby Fish on his own accord is not enough for me. Just I do not get excited for a Bobby Fish match. I know it's going to be fine. He's a good hand, but he needs to be part of like a greater cause, I think. Well, and especially because I think if you undisputed era versus the elite, you know, like that's that's a big storyline. That's a big feud and yeah. doesn't need titles, you know, that can carry them probably through six months of programming in various uh incarnations. So I don't know. I feel like there's opportunity there. I think Jungle Boy continues to be a huge star. Yeah. I'm surprised he's not getting more opportunities yet. Oh, he's got plenty. I mean, I think Jungle Boy is what I mean. They've even established him as a pillar of AEW, and he yes. came close to beating Kenny Omega. And I do think they've got him on track to one day become a babyface world champion. I wouldn't um, doubt that. I think that's the thing. The hard, I mean, you know, as Tom Petty said, waiting is indeed the hardest part. Um, but I think that's the thing. I feel like he's a guy. Um, I mean, with Darby, with MJF, I just feel like they've got a lot of these talents that, um, yeah, you almost have to remind yourself that it's still very young in their career, but. You pay attention to them. You notice them, and they're the talents that you tell people about when you talk about how great AEW is. Yeah, yeah, and that, that's a good thing about AEW. They have a lot of stars in their early to mid-20s who are on the rise, who are really already established as some of their top stars, and that's going to help them years from now. As the company grows, they're, a lot of these big stars are going to be still relatively young. Well, and they still haven't won the Tag Team Championship championships no he's not one has he no 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 he's not the jungle boy has not won any championship no. that's what i mean it doesn't that seem a little weird like you'd think here we are two and a half years in AEW, not a tag team championship when he's had one of the most over tag teams um you know not even the tnt title yes he contended for the AEW world championship i don't know he's someone since day one i think people have said this guy is you know a top superstar Right, and part of that is, and this is something I do like about AEW, is that their championships don't change hands very often. It's uh, There's a lot of these, the TNT Championship, the AEW World Championship, I feel like they have very long reigns. Tact, I think mm -hmm. the Young Bucks were champions for close to a year before yeah. they dropped those things. So it, a lot of people have um, yet to win their first championship, and I think if and when he does, I think he might be like one of the next TNT champions, like what Sammy Guevara is right now, because he just won his first championship. So... Uh, I could see that happening in a few months. It's just that there, a there's a lot of people there. There's a lot of mouths to feed in AEW, and uh, b they so many people when they win those titles hold on to them for so long that um, it'll take a while. Yeah. So after the match, Adam Cole came out uh, and they started attacking Jungle Boy. Christian Cage and Luchasaurus came out to save him, and of course we're gonna have that six man tag tomorrow night. Um, then you know, we got to look at uh, the setup for Miro versus Brian Danielson tomorrow to become the number one contender for the AEW Championship. Uh, we had the Hangman Page promo with the Young Bucks. What did you think of this? I thought it was I like I loved uh, when they did the whole thing with 
Adam Cole. And I, I do think that that is them kind of further teasing that one day Adam Cole is going to split away from the Young Bucks and that, you know, Hangman Adam Page only wanted to talk to the Young Bucks. And I thought Page is great doing less with more. He was just saying, listen, we're even now. He's calling back to this long story that they've told. And he said, you know, if you lay a finger on me, I will ruin you. And those fans are really behind it. And I just like him kind of handling his business. And you know the Young Bucks are probably going to come out and interfere. And and that might be part of the, the finish this coming Saturday. But I thought that was a great segment. That was the best segment of the show, I think. Really? Yeah, I do. So Everything I've been kind of throw away on this show. Yeah, and I, and I, I like when's the last time? Oh, let me just ask you this, okay? Forget AEW, WWE, NXT. Like, don't let's not get tribal with our allegiance and fandom here. When is the last time anyone was excited for a lumberjack match? That's a great point. I can I couldn't tell you. Um, Even the first lumberjack match I ever saw, I was like, this is kind of dumb. Yeah, yeah, it's never. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Yeah, I, I don't. I can't remember the last time there was a good. I feel like there was one a couple of years ago, <laughs> but I don't. I've never like heard. Oh, we're gonna get a lumberjack match, or even like they built up to it the right way. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, everybody, just, tweet me your top five lumberjack matches of all time. And I you know guarantee what it, was? Huh. it wasn't even the match. It was Damian Sandow dressed like an actual lumberjack, which I know we saw tonight, but he when he did it, it was hilarious because he was coming out in a different costume every week, and, and that week he decided to dress like a lumberjack, and nobody else was dressed like a lumberjack, and I thought that was hilarious. I'm going to name one. I can think of one lumberjack match that was great. That was Enzo versus uh, Neville. Yeah, yeah, versus yeah. Neville in 205 Live. Well, yeah, it was on Raw, cool. but with all the cruiserweights. Yeah. But again, that was more about Enzo versus the roster. That was really the roster and Enzo rather than the lumber. I mean, that's why the lumberjack stipulation added so much to it. Right. And then that's when they all beat the hell out of Enzo, right? Yeah. Yeah. That was the best at 205 Live. I know it's a low bar, but that was the best it's ever been is when Enzo was champion. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, things didn't work out for him because of the story that came out or whatnot or the allegations. But I thought he was doing a phenomenal job as cruiserweight champion and if on his way to kind of turning that around because they were touring they started touring uh with that I, brand i have said this if he had not pulled that shit at survivor series he would have been rehired already after his name was cleared yeah he would have been rehired the survivor series thing probably gave him another five years on timeout until they bring yeah. it back although who Definitely. knows if the ratings get bad enough maybe maybe they'll accelerate yeah, maybe he'll, we'll see him back in NXT, something like that. But yeah, he could have just laid low and um, and he didn't handle it in terms of letting WWE know that there were these allegations against him. Well, no, but he didn't even know that because uh, that came out later. That was uh, um, that he was not even aware of the investigation oh. until the stories broke, which I thought was interesting. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess that's what it was. Yeah, that was a while ago. But yeah, he was oh, like, yeah, listen, was, I'm sorry. No, 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 go ahead. I was going to say, and if you listen to his interviews, what's most interesting about it, he will be the first one to tell you he gave WWE probably a good 20 reasons to fire him even before all the controversy and the allegations. Yeah. And he, like, uh, Triple H is not a big fan of Enzo. I think that hurt him too. Yeah. Yeah. But no, that Lumberjack match, that's the one. That I think, And people forget how over he was. Very over. Very, very. I was in the building when they debuted the Raw after Mania. Yeah, same here. The biggest pop of the night. I was there as well. That was crazy. We stayed an extra day. We were going to go back that day originally. I said, no, I think he's getting called up. Let's delay our flight. Oh, hell yeah. And we bought last minute tickets. Nice. It's good times, man. Um, So Jade Cargill versus Santana Garrett. And there was a cake out there to uh, to celebrate 
Jade, one year in AEW. Jade won this match pretty easily, but Red Velvet snuck up. And uh, wouldn't you know it, Smart Mark Sterling got cake in the face. Yeah, this is perfect. Everything about this. Um, I like the match with Santana Garrett. And she's a, a very good worker. So somebody who, you know, Jade Cargill could learn from in terms of being in the ring with. So I thought Jade looked incredible. She looked like Jade Stargill. I hope she wins this tournament. And I thought it was perfect to have the cake in the heel comedy figure's face. That was a little WWE, though. They could have at least had Straight out of the playbook. They, they do a few things that are out of that playbook. But, you know, because wrestling's a variety show. Uh, it shouldn't all be like WWE, but things like this once in a while, you know, for one segment on a show, I think it's fine. Now, Tina Miller saying, I'm upset the cake wasn't Red Velvet. I yeah. think, um, you know, why not change it up and have it be pie? Or why not get, like, a Cookie Puss ice cream cake? Like, Fudgy oh. the Whale could have been out there, and he could have gotten Fudgy the Whale right in his face. Do they still yeah. make Fudgy the Whale? Cookie puss still a thing? I think it is. It, but and even if it was ice cream cake, that would be more believable in terms of hurting him because then he probably get a brain freeze. You don't want this ice cold ice cream in your face. That sounds like it would be a lot more painful to the face than just regular cake. One of my greatest regrets in life, and I don't have many, but I've been vegan for 20 years now. And Carville did not distribute nationally before I went vegan. Now you can get cookie puss everywhere, or you could for a while. I yeah. never got to have a cookie puss ice cream cake. Ever. You would never like lift your vegan. Uh, so they stopped making those? They still make them? No, they still make them. No, but I'm saying I'm vegan. I can't eat it. They don't make a vegan one. You so don't I have an exception? You can't take like one day of non-vegan day, like a cheat day? <laughs> it's. I'll tell you this, okay? So I got I got my flu shot today. And I was like, do you have the one without the egg in it? And they're like, no. And I'd already waited a half an hour. And I was like, okay, I'll get the one that's egg derived. It was, it was, there's not egg in the shop, but it was incubated in an egg. Right. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'm not eating it. Like it was just the means that it went, but I felt bad about it. I felt a little bit like a oh, hypocrite. You're missing out, man. You should at least smell it. You know, <laughs> you can give it to your wife, but like have a, a no, my wife's vegan too. So oh, I don't okay, get to vicariously do that through her anymore. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's terrible. Cookie puss, man. My whole life. Yeah, but never, never got the chance. Now really good, man. I'm telling you. Okay, well, there I'm missing out. Um, Arya Davari tonight. Yeah. Versus Dante Martin. Ari Davari, hometown heroes clash. Arya super over with this crowd. Yeah, they were both Minnesota boys, so they were chanting both these guys. I love the fact that uh Dante Martin was wearing big baller brand knee pads. Love to oh. see that. Shout out to LeVar uh Ball. Uh, and this was fun because, yeah, like you said, again, I'm usually not a fan of when people chant both these guys. It kind of speaks to the fact that there's no story. But the <laughs> fact that these are two Minnesota guys in Minnesota wrestling and they had a – I thought it was a really good match. Um, it was really cool. And I like that they continue to put uh, Dante Martin on TV. Uh, I loved the heel nature of Team Taz immediately pouncing on the opportunity to recruit Dante Martin while Leo Rush was home grieving with his family like that. That's a little on the line in terms of like, oh man, are we getting a little too, but in terms of being heels, that is disgusting of those guys. Yeah. That was a bit much in a good way. I mean, in like a heel way and like the, like what a bunch of bad guys. I'm sure, you know, they got the okay from Leo Rush. I hope they're not just doing this, like going over Leo Rush's head. I hope they got an okay from Leo Rush to do something like this, but I, I thought it was an interesting heel tactic. Yeah, I don't know. I think when you got MJF on your roster, really like the bar has yeah. been so low that it's like <laughs> seriously. I mean. Yeah. Um. <laughs> uh, so, but yeah, Dante Martin won this match. So, do you think uh, Davari's gonna stick around in AEW? It seemed like I mean, you know, he's one of those guys. I feel like you forget how good he is because he was booked as so nothing for the longest time on Two Hundred Five Live. 
Yeah, but I mean, if this is a tryout match, I'd give him a contract. I mean, maybe, well, who knows what it'll amount to, but I thought he looked fine. I thought he looked really good. Yeah. Got a promo for uh, Britt Baker versus Tay Conti tomorrow night. That should be good. Like you think promo, Britt's... I like the Road 2 show is really good. If you anybody gets a chance to watch that before the pay-per-view, it'll really get you jacked, especially the CM Punk, Eddie Kingston thing. My goodness. Oh, cool. So you think Britt's retaining tomorrow night? Absolutely. Yeah. That's probably wow. the one match I would bet money on would be Britt Baker really? and Mike Conti. Wow. Um, and then hot pay-per-view tomorrow night, man. God, you know, Hangman Page getting his title opportunity. We got Eddie Kingston versus CM Punk. We got Britt versus uh, Ty Conti. And uh, what do we go home with? Matt Hardy versus Orange Cassidy in a Lumberjack match. Yes. Very random. Very random. Okay, explain to me. No one has ever done this, Alfred. I don't think I've ever asked you this. I used to ask this question a lot. Is the best friends a good gimmick? I mean, in their other carnation with Chuck Taylor, Trent, and Orange Cassidy, and even Chuck Taylor and just Trent, I think they're a very good tag team. And they're very over in terms of them doing the hugging thing and all that. I do like the gimmick. But what they're doing now, now it's like Trent is hurt, so they've got Wheeler Yuta, and they've got Chris Statlander there, and, and it's something different. So this iteration, I don't even want to call them the best friends. I think it's completely different, and it's just like another stable for the sake of having a stable, it feels like. Yeah, I just – you got Orange Cassidy, one of the best characters ever. In, and I'm saying it, one of the best characters ever in professional yeah. wrestling. Yeah. And you have two guys – well, what's the gimmick? They're best friends. What are they called? The best friends. <laughs> what do they do? Well, they hug. When you put it like that, <laughs> I guess, yeah, it's, it's just, I think they do a good job pulling this off though. Like the visually, it kind of has to be seen. Uh, it's not the greatest gimmick. You know, it's no bullet club, but it's, it's, it'll do. I'm just saying, just don't even have a gimmick at that point. Just use your real names. Like it's just, it's uh, come on. This is like Buddy Holly and the crickets. You okay, can't name you know, a cricket, but everyone knows Buddy Holly. <laughs> do you not like when Susan, the mom, drives in with the van? Isn't that something that warms that, your that heart? Was the, really that like was that. the one good – but they should have done more of that. There should be sleepovers. There yeah. should be uh, finishing each other's sentences. You're absolutely yeah. right about that. They can take advantage of what it means to be a best friend. Instead of them yes. just hugging – if they're going to do the thing with the mom, they're, you're absolutely right. There's I a lot forgot more about the mom stuff. thing. The mom thing was the one bright spot in this entire gimmick. That, that, that's a good point, though, Glenn. I do like that, that they, when the best friends come back, as we know it, I would like to see vignettes. Maybe they could do this on BTE if they find it too campy for television, where they're actually, like like you said, sleepovers or doing best friend things, you know? Yes, absolutely. They Like doing an oath of Blood Brothers, that went out of style in the 80s due to, you know, obvious reasons. But I think it's time for Blood Brothers to come back. Remember that? You're a little young for that. When I was growing up, Blood Brothers weren't everything, man. Like in every movie, it was like, you know, we're going to cut our hands. We're Blood Brothers now. Oh man, I, I mean, I did see Hangover. Is the they did bring it back for that with yeah. the um, the Wolf Pack though? They didn't call them Blood, yes. Blood Brothers. Maybe I'm just thinking of uh, the Lone Ranger movie. I believe Lone Ranger and Tonto became Blood Brothers in the 1980 81 Lone Ranger movie. I saw as a child. Yeah, Blood Brothers was Blood Brothers. Good name for a wrestling fact. That's a good tag team name. The Blood yeah. Brothers. Definitely right there. Uh, but no, I mean this main event. Look, Matt Hardy won. Uh, you know. It is. It is what it is. Yeah, I was very surprised. This is the one surprise. I felt like all these matches were very predictable, and I was surprised at seeing Matt Hardy win this. It was really weird because, like, this is a lumberjack match. There really are no rules. You're seeing all these people flying all over the place, and then the ref has to be distracted for this finish. Like, Yeah. So if the ref would have seen 
the blade used that brass knucks, they would have called the disqualification in a lumberjack match. Tina Miller says uh, the best friend should be eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches in yeah. triangles. <laughs> oh man, there's all kinds of things they can do. What kind of stuff do you do with your best friends? It can be skipping. <laughs> oh, they should definitely be cutting class. That you know, well, I was gonna say yeah. they should be skipping school. You know, like yeah. like like just sneaking out during stuff. You know, and whatnot. Uh, yeah, I think, I think there's a lot they could do, but no, but yeah, holding hands and skip. When's the last time you skipped? Like actually just sort of like, you know, bounced along. It's been a long skip. time since I skipped. Yeah. I, I must remember. Maybe I'll do some skipping tomorrow, but you know, what they also can do. It's like, you know, when you would have sleepovers and you're supposed to be sleeping, uh, and your mom <laughs> would have to come in and you could go back to sleep, pretend like you're asleep and they could do that. <laughs> so Susan could just poke her head. You guys, I told you to go to sleep. Oh yeah. They should be playing Nintendo and like switching off. Yeah, you know, and it's like, dude, tonight we're gonna beat Zelda. We're gonna beat Zelda in speed run. We're gonna switch off all night. All night. It's gonna be oh, awesome. This is a gimmick in ECVC. Now that you put it this way, this is much better than what they're doing right now. They need to build blanket forts. Yes, that'd be great. I think. See, and this is this is the thing. It's the wasted potential. Yeah. And this is kind of what we were talking about earlier. There is almost, I mean, within the reason of like taste and you know, sanity. Um, there's almost no bad idea in professional wrestling if you do it correctly. Like anything yeah. can be good if you do it correctly. It's all about the execution, 100%. And, and we're cousins in, they should have a treehouse. Yeah. I think a treehouse would be a great idea. Oh my God. They, they push each other on the swing, you know, like on a swing set. This is <laughs> the tire. <laughs> there's a lot. There's a lot they could do with this. Um, this one was what it was tonight. Orange Cassidy, they let him look strong while losing. It is what it is. Yeah, I was, I, again, I was very surprised. That, you know, I love Matt Hardy and whatnot, but they're not doing much with him. And this is a match, I think, Orange Cassidy. I, I'm sure he'll win the few. They'll have some big blow off. But I thought it was unnecessary for Orange Cassidy to lose. And this is how you're going before your big paper. And they don't do yeah. pay-per-views every month like WWE. Like the countdown specials, I'm saying I'm curious how much they're going to hold from that because if you treat it like that was a three-hour block or two-hour block and you're watching Rampage in the countdown special, that's one thing. You know, I almost think they would have been better off doing a two-hour Rampage and interspersing some of the countdown stuff in the show. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know about two-hour Rampage, but especially because there's so much good stuff on this countdown stuff. If the goal was to promote this pay-per-view, I think – they should have had more of this countdown type of stuff on there and less of the matches that we saw. Yeah. I don't get it, man. Um, so that was tonight. That was the wrestling tonight. Tomorrow is full gear. Are you doing the, the coverage of that? Yeah, I'll be covering full gear. Very much looking forward to it. It might be stuff by Twi- on Twitch. I know that Raj said there's going to be a Twitch live stream during this with some wrestling people there. So if I can, you know, around 6 p.m. or whatnot, I might drop in. There you go. There you go. So, Alfred said, this is Nasty. I'm Macklin Rubenstein. And uh, we will see you next Tuesday. Yes, we'll be in our tree for it next week. Yes, absolutely. I have a backyard here. My trees, get, I, my trees might be able to let a hammock. You know, I've never actually been in a hammock before. And I'm thinking with the trees, I should get a hammock. I should use that tree. Hammocks are so comfortable. It always takes me an extra 30 minutes to get off the hammock because of how comfortable I am. Thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. So, and uh, tune into Wrestling Inc. There's going to be a watch along during full gear. There'll be coverage after on the podcast. And uh, have a good weekend, everyone. We'll catch you back here next time. Go Eddie Kingston. Uh, Have a great weekend. See you next time on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Take care.